God is with you. Let us pray. God, our thief, you steal from us our dead, complacent hearts and kindle a new flame. Take from our hands the burden of worthless things and make them ready to receive a greater gift, the love of a servant king. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. As many of you know, the church has four chickens. They were born in early April, and they are not quite old enough to lay eggs. But they are old enough to use an automatic feeder. It turns out that rats and mice love to eat chicken feed. They will find their way into the feed and leave droppings and cause all sorts of problems. So, following the sage advice of Linda and Norm Nelson, I purchased a grandpa's automatic chicken feeder. This thing is awesome. It is made of galvanized steel, and when the chickens aren't eating, there's no way for rodents and other pests to get in there to access the food. To get to the food, all the chickens need to do is sit on a platform that rests in front of the machine. But, and to quote my kids' favorite podcast, this is a big but. If the chickens don't sit on the platform, it's all useless. Either the chickens starve or the mice get in. You have to train the chickens to sit on the platform. You're likely familiar with the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Well, you can lead a chicken to the automatic feeder, but you can't make it eat. After following the instructions diligently, I got the chickens to the stage where they have to step on the platform to eat, but they wouldn't do it. I decided to let the smarter chickens teach the other ones, so I took Sunshine, the gold-colored chicken who rules the roost, and I set her very, very gently onto the platform. The first day, she just freaked out. The second day, she settled quietly on the platform but didn't eat. And on the third day, she was chowing down by herself and enjoying the spoils of tutelage. The red chicken, Sriracha, was about the same. The checked bird, a bit slower. But Shadow, the black copper, with a, it was a chicken with a black body and a copper neck, was not having it. She freaked out to even go near the feeder. I can't blame her. Despite the beauty of the machine, the feed door comes crashing down like a mini chicken guillotine. And this poor bird is the alarm clock of her flock. At any sign of trouble, she has all four of them headed for the hills. While all three birds spent days perched on the platform, Shadow lingered on the edges. She'd peck around looking for food the others dropped. And this went on for several days. For three days, she effectively starved as the others fed happily. So often, 
I am that chicken. I spend my time so worried, so distracted, so fearful that I don't get the sustenance I need. Jesus today gives us some advice, gives some advice to God's chickens. There's a lot in this passage. There are reminders not to worry, reminders not to let financial burdens cripple us, reminders to stay attentive to the mystery unfolding around us, even a few apocalyptic warnings amidst casual references to slavery. All of that, this whole passage, boils down to this. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is a comforting and powerful statement. It is God's pleasure to give you what you need, what you need most. After my week with the chickens, I love that Jesus says, little flock. Yes, this is likely a reference to a group of sheep, but it applies to chickens too. A flock tends toward flight, as in fight or flight. Flight is the way that flocks are wired, how they have evolved. But sometimes that skittishness can keep the flock from eating. We are so much more like chickens than we would like to admit. So often, my fears keep me from being ready to answer the call of love, being ready to love. That's what the gospel means by keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Be ready to love. Do your best to be ready to love. But we human beings are not silos. We depend on one another, and we operate with what Carl Jung calls the collective consciousness. Here, three years into this pandemic, we still are connected to some people who wear full-body hazmat suits, while others who are anti-vaxxers and refuse to stay home even when they are sick. And now there's monkeypox. Now I know all of that is scary, but do not be afraid, little flock. Of course, we all wonder... When will it end? When will things be that so-called normal? When will that promised time come? That's exactly how Abraham, here still Abram, was feeling in this passage from Genesis. Notice how God starts off with Abram. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Abram responds something like, You said you would change things, but nothing has changed. What the heck? God promised Abraham children and descendants. God knows the flock. God understands Abram. And God is happy to give Abram the kingdom. God says, go outside. Look up to the heaven and count the stars. So shall your descendants be. 
You want to drink, little horse, Abram? Here you go. Here's a river. Drink up. Such is the blessing God is trying to give us. Such is the life awaiting us here and now. Go, try and count the stars. Count the drops in the ocean. Count the grains of sand. There are seven quintillion, five hundred quadrillion grains of sand on earth. There are about 5,000 stars visible to the naked eye. That's a lot, but consider this. If you take 10 drops of water, 10 drops of water, and count the number of H2O molecules in those 10 drops, you get a number equal to all the stars in the entire universe. That abundance, that abundance is with us right here and now. Such is the love of God for you. Such is the inheritance of spirit for God's chickens. Such is the one who sets the table for the servants and serves them. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.